Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How did the feds know that you were at Beauty Lab? It looks like you may have had something to do with the fact that Jen was indicted. Oh, I swear stay. to God, if you have anything to do with stay. the bullshit charges against me, you're not the bitch. Get out of my face. I'm out. I'm disengaging. Stay. You're f***ing fraudulent. Who's calling who a fraud? Love you, baby. Bye. The U.S. Attorney's Office is no joke. Do we need to add Kim Kardashian to our legal team? <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from the trailer of the upcoming season of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and I, for one, cannot wait. I mean, how did the feds know that she was at Beauty Lab? That's the number one question on my mind. I think it looks fantastic. Meredith seems to be engaging. You know, last season, she disengaged. I That's just why say, I hey, think guys, I'm going to have to disengage. Shazana. This season, she's engaged. She's in the mix. It seems like she's the one who's going to be really questioning all the Jen Shah drama. And also, I'm ready to fully get on the Lisa Barlow train. Now, you guys know last season, I didn't care for Lisa Barlow. But we changed, and now I'm finding myself watching this trailer. The investigatory work that she was doing into Mary's cult, uh, allegedly, was very exciting to me. And so I just I had a change of heart, and now I'm ready to get on Team Barlow. I don't know. It might change my mind after I see that first episode. But as of right now, I'm getting on Team Barlow. Now, you guys, I want to I want to break this down scene by scene. So we're going to talk about this week's Real Houses Potomac. I'll put the timestamp in the episode description if you just want to skip ahead to that. But otherwise, we got to break down this Real Houses of Salt Lake City trailer in more depth. Now, it opens with all these beautiful shots of the mountains and the snow. And that's what I think this franchise does the best. I mean, I like the snowy atmosphere, the skiing. They're constantly in winter clothes, which I really like. Although, I should say winter clothes and then also batshit confessional looks. Because I don't know if you guys caught. If you watch the actual trailer, Mary, our dear sister Mary, I love Mary. I do. I'm so glad that she's back. You'll all remember last season, the very last clip that we saw of the Real House of Salt Lake City women was at the reunion where Mary, uh, there was snow coming down from the rafters. Or rap- what is it called? Rafters? Rapt- rafters. I don't know why I still want to say raptor. I guess because we're talking about all this religious stuff. But so there was like snow coming down, and it was obviously prop snow because they were in a studio. And Mary was like catching it on her tongue, and she's like, that's not snow. <laughs> And it was so good, you guys. And it just, when I saw Mary again, I got so excited. And then when I saw her in that confessional look where she's wearing, like, she's doing the hat work, the jewelry work. It's just like a lot of stuff for the eyes to take in. Uh, but it made me so excited for our dear sister Mary. So I, I mean, can you even tell? I feel like I'm on cloud nine just talking about it because this is a franchise we need. And I can't believe we're going to have Potomac on at the same time as Salt Lake City and Beverly Hills which are all delivering 
I mean, it's going to be overwhelming for all of us. And then there's also New York, which is airing. <laughs> um, okay, so we open with all those snowy scenes, and it's like a kumbaya, my lord, kumbaya. Like, that's what we're hearing in the background. I don't know who's singing it. Somebody's singing kumbaya. Maybe, like, I, I don't know if they had someone come in and sing. Maybe it's Count- it's not Countess Luann, because I know that voice. I know that smoker's voice anywhere. It's not like Luann's like, kumbaya, my lord. I want to be very kumbaya to your Luann sing kumbaya. Could you imagine? I'd love that, actually. Can we make that happen? Who do we get on the line? I need to hear Luann do kumbaya. Uh, but so, yeah, we get all the shots of the snow, this very peaceful music. Then, bam, it's Jen yelling, tell the truth right now. And uh, bottom line, Lisa says, Mer knows, uh, Meredith knows a lot of info. You just said it. You just said it. We all just said it which I believe to be a callback to Camille Grammer saying, but now he said it. And so we're right in the midst of the action. Now, if you've been following any of the blog reports, the news, you know that the action that they're referring to is all this alleged Jen Shah drama, which, you know, it's another franchise where we're going to have a legal case on our hands to talk about. I mean, over on Beverly Hills, we got Bamboozle Jane and Tommy Two-Tones going through all of that bamboozlement of orphans and widows situation. And now on Salt Lake City, we're going to have to be covering on everything iconic. All the Jen Shah legal drama. Allegedly, there was like a, you know, I don't even know the details. I would love to tell you guys. I don't quite know. I do know that Stu Chains, her assistant, was in on the mix. And apparently, I read in the news, the legal team is being switched over now. She's getting a new legal team or something. Uh, but there was some sort of marketing situation. You know, I don't quite know how to explain it. But you know what? It is bad. That's the point of the matter. That's what you all need to know. She uh, is going to court. I have some theories. Now, in this trailer, we don't actually see when she gets arrested. Now, it was alleged, some of the blogs and people were picking up on the fact that they were allegedly filming when Jen Shah was arrested. Now, no one knows this to be sure. This is a rumor that's been going around. I believe that they do have that on film, but we didn't see it in the trailer. So my theory is when the mid-season trailer comes in, that's when we're going to see the footage. I don't know that to be sure. I don't know that as a fact. I just believe that we'll get through the first half of the season. And then you know how they hit us with that mid-season trailer? I bet the first half of the season will be leading up to when that arrest happened. And then that mid-season trailer will be like the actual arrest with the rest of the season. You know, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I do believe that the arrest happened early in the season. So I don't know if that would work out timeline-wise. But I just imagine they had so much footage that they didn't want to show that arrest in the trailer. But maybe they didn't get it. Or maybe the courts won't let them use it. Maybe the courts are making them disengage with the footage. I don't don't know. Uh, But I always love in the trailers when it's like they hit us right off the bat with all of that like crazy drama stuff. And then they pull back and they give us a little bit more of the fluffy stuff. So then we saw someone ice skating. I thought at first it was maybe Jill Zarin. We saw Jill Zarin ice skating in season three of The Real Houses of New York. Then we see Whitney, she's doing some lantern work, and then she almost set Utah on fire because that lantern was lit, and then it went to the ground. And Whitney, honestly, I think we might need to put a fireman or something on Whitney at all times, because in this trailer, there are two moments where Whitney uh, brushes up against some arsenic, or some, wait, arsenic is poison. Arson, what's it called when you're, you know, dealing with fire? Unclear. 
Anyway, Whitney has two instances where she almost sets Utah on fire. One of them is with the lantern, and the other one of them is when she drops a cake. She's walking with the cake, and I don't. I think the candles were lit. Maybe they weren't lit, but either way, the candles could have been lit, and Whitney needs to be careful with the fire. I can only imagine her with the Bath and Body Works three-wick. I mean, it's dangerous, Whitney. We need to make sure somebody's got eyes and ears on you, and you have a fire extinguisher on you at all times, because it's dangerous. You need to disengage with the fire. Um, then we see something that honestly is maybe even more upsetting to me than the alleged things that Jen did in terms of what she was arrested for. It's more upsetting than maybe even the cult work that Mary's doing with the church. And that is, of course, I'm talking about Jen doing the worm for people uh, in a very quick clip that we see at the beginning of this trailer. There's a bunch of people around her. It looks like maybe Lisa Barlow and her husband. I'm not sure if Stu Chains was in the shot. Honestly, I couldn't even tell because she's wearing glasses and she decides to do the worm. And I believe we've seen her do the worm before on last season, remember? And to me, it's like her version of Kyle the Splits Richards doing the splits all the time. And now Jen is thinking we always want to see the worm. And I don't. I don't think that we do need to see that. And she says, I need my own hype man. And then she does the worm. (sighs) That was tough. That was honestly tough for me to see. I don't know why I was more upset by that than anything else. I mean, we the next shot we got was Mary and Heather making noodles, and Mary is making a masturbation joke. And honestly, that wasn't as upsetting to me as uh, the other one doing the worm, Jen Shah. She was doing the, the the worm. Then we see something that was very confusing, Meredith being either dragged into water or being baptized in a suit jacket with very sharp shoulders. I don't know if she was being baptized or just being dragged into the water because, you know, normally when you drag someone into the water, you push someone into a pool or something, it happens quick. In this scene, though, it seemed like she was being slowly, almost, it reminded me of Tamara on The Real House of Orange County when she was being baptized by that man. So that, I don't know, I was like, is she being baptized? Is she joining Mary's church? Unclear. We don't know. We'll have to watch what happens live. Then we see Heather and Jen wearing some dick hats. They were doing some dick hat work. Don't know if it was a bachelorette party or what, but Jen Shaw says the one is Heather's is crooked, and Heather says it works the same in the end. Now, I missed Heather's uh, quick wit. I'm so excited for her to come back. She's got the center snowflake, so in the group cast shot, Heather's in the center. Very excited for that. Uh, and she's quick. To me, she's like a genuinely funny housewife. Like, not not someone who, like, maybe gets lines written for them in the confessionals. Like, I genuinely think that Heather's a funny woman. And so I'm very excited to see her, dear Heather Gay. And then, you know, I'm a little concerned that she's uh, aligning herself with Jen Shah. I'm concerned. You know, it's not shamazing to me that she's later in the trailer saying, you know, we're friends, I got your back, or whatever, and she holds her hand. I'm worried about her, dear Heather Gay. Because Jen Shaw could be arrested at any moment. You know, we do know that she's dealing with all this Shakort stuff, and I just worry. Anyway, then we learn about the new housewife, Jenny. Now, they tell us she's a firecracker. You know, that's the voiceover says, she's a firecracker, and it's really just over footage of Jenny dancing like she's at a wedding. Like, it wasn't that. <laughs> Maybe Jenny is a firecracker, but it made me laugh that, like, the footage that they wanted to show us to tell us that Jenny, the new housewife, is a real firecracker, it was just her sort of, like, lightly dancing. It wasn't even like she was doing the worm like Jen Shah. It was just, like, this woman, Jenny, sort of, like, snapping her fingers real quick, like, no big deal. And they were like, she's a firecracker. 
And I thought, really, that's the only footage you had to show us that? (laughs) But there was some good stuff. I'm excited to learn more about her because there was one moment in the snow and we hear Jenny saying, do you want to be friends with her? Then shut the fuck up. And then Heather and Whitney are watching her and they're like, she's throwing down. They're trying to tell us that she's a firecracker, but I don't know if I believe it quite yet, but still excited to get to know her. Uh, Then we see a scene. Oh, you guys, we got to talk about this for at least 20 minutes. Meredith and Mary playing tennis. Meredith and let me just repeat that. Meredith and Mary playing tennis, which is not something I would have ever expected to see. I don't know why neither one of them screams tennis player to me. I don't know why it just doesn't. Like, I don't imagine them on the courts, but here they were. And to be honest, only one of them seemed to be a tennis player because they showed us footage, which was so shady. It was, Meredith was saying to Mary, did you and Robert always have separate bedrooms? And it's over footage of Mary being really terrible at tennis. So, like, they show us a clip of Mary missing the ball, and then we see Meredith sort of interrogating her. And I'm glad that Meredith is finally getting some answers. I'm glad that all the women seem to have stepped up. They want to get to the bottom of the Mary Church stuff. They want to get to the bottom of the Shaligal drama. And now, um, you know, it's happening this season. However, I just love that it was over the footage of just Mary missing the ball. She couldn't get that ball. She couldn't get it. But I'm, also, I want to say I'm glad Mary's left the closet. You know, season one, Mary, Mary filmed a lot of it in her closet. And I think we know, I don't know if it was ever confirmed, but I think a lot of that was like shot after the fact. And it was like COVID and stuff. So they were like, oh, Mary's a, now a main cast member. So I think they had to film new footage of her. Uh, And they could only really get it in the closet. Now, that doesn't mean I don't ever want to see Mary in that uh, claustrophobic closet again. Because to me, that feels very Mary to me. Now, we're seeing her play tennis. We're seeing her making noodles or dough. And I'm still going to need to see her in the closet. Because that feels like home to me. Does that make sense? Because that's how she was presented to us in season one. And so, I'm going to need at least like 20 minutes of footage throughout the season of Mary just calling people from the closet. You know, I don't care if it's shot late or if it's has nothing to do with the storylines on the show. I need to see it. Anyway, Mary does say that her and Robert have always had separate bedrooms. Very excited to get to the bottom of her and the grandpa. Now, we got to see her and the grandpa a little bit. He appeared via that footage. Remember at the reunion, he was on like a TV screen. But I need to know more about that because, you know, I have questions and it never really felt right to me. It always felt a little... That's how I feel when we get to the Mary scenes. Uh, But maybe when we learn more, it'll feel more like it's a a normal situation. So I'm I'm excited and I'm so happy they brought Mary back because she seems like a lovely, kind woman. So what else? Oh, we have a scene where Whitney and the husband are talking about sex and they're covered in mud. I don't know what was going on. They were like pigs rolling around in mud. And honestly, it was sort of a turnout. I was like, okay, I don't know what I was feeling, but I was feeling something. Then Jenny's husband asked uh, for a sister wife in snow. I was very concerned about that. Uh, Brooks is back this season. He's mad that Jen liked a tweet calling him a sissy bitch. And honestly, who among us hasn't been there before? So I'm excited to see Brooks back in the mix. And I do believe that Brooks is the reason that Jen was indicted. Now, I don't have any facts to back this up, but I do believe that Jen liked a tweet calling Brooks a sissy bitch. And you know what? Brooke said, uh, you're going to jail. He said, I'm not having it. And so I think he was the one who tips off the feds. You know, I think that he called someone, I don't know who, 
but he maybe sent an email. Somehow, I think Brooks tipped off the feds uh, because he was not happy with Jen after last season. And then in the off season, she liked a tweet calling him a sissy bitch. And he said, uh-uh, uh-uh. He said, no, ma'am, you're not going to do that. I'm sending you to jail. And so I think that's what's happening here. Again, I don't know all the legal stuff happening, but I do believe that Brooks is the one uh, who's responsible for it. You know, he's and he's not only getting Jen, he's also getting stew chains. You know, he's like, I'm not stopping with Jen. He's like, I'm taking down the whole operation. Stu Chains is going behind bars, too. That's what I believe Brooks said in the offseason. And honestly, his mom, Meredith, is engaged now, too, because he, she doesn't want Jen liking tweets that her son's a sissy bitch either. And so Mayor stepped it up, and uh, I'm excited. She's so pissed at Jen about the tweet. And I, I don't know, they allude to this idea that Meredith is the one that called the feds and all that stuff. And I believe it's all because of that tweet. All because of that tweet. Oh, so Lisa, too, speaking of investigatory work, uh, Lisa really is stepping up to look into Mary's cult. She's done with her friendship with Jen. You know, we see she Jen tries to call. Lisa doesn't answer. She's no longer friends with her. She's like, I'm not interested. And instead, she's spending the season looking into Mary's cult. She's meeting with people about it. Very exciting. We do see footage, although we didn't see Jen getting arrested, we do see her leaving the court, which I've seen on the news a hundred times. You know, Jen had the braids in. Then uh, we we see Jen at home with Coach Shaw, who, you know, I, we love Coach Shaw. He, wasn't he great last season? So we see her sitting crying about eight years. She's like, I'm not going to, what am I going to do if I don't get to see the kids for eight years? And then Meredith, we see a clip of her saying, can we talk about the hundred lives she's ruined? And she says that to the group, and I thought, that's what the Real House of Beverly Hills women need to step up and say, because we're not hearing that yet on Beverly Hills. I know it's sort of trickling out, and Sutton's sort of stepping up and questioning everything that's going on with Bimboos of Jane. But Meredith seems to right away say, let's talk about the lives. Let's talk about the lives she's ruined. And we get the Heather, how did the feds know you were at Beauty Lab? And now the end of the trailer is just all of this Jen legal drama, Jen versus Meredith, and then Jen sort of calls, says something about fraudulent or whatever, says you're fraudulent to Meredith. And Meredith ends the trailer by saying, who's calling who a fraud? Love you, babe. Love you, baby. Bye. Mer- my Meredith voice. Who's calling who a fraud? I don't know. My Meredith voice is Samantha Jones from Sex and the City, apparently. <laughs> I'm not engaging. Meredith uh, says, who's calling who a fraud? Love you, baby. Bye. And then that scene ends with like the jail shutting noise, which the Bravo editors added in, making me believe that the Bravo editors believe that Jen Shah is guilty. Like that's what they're telling us with that little sound effect at the end of the trailer. Cause they didn't have to, they didn't have to end that quick little transition with the jail, uh, with the jail cell closing sound, but they did. They did. And I like that. I like that about them. Good job, Bravo. And then the trailer officially ends with Jen Shaw saying, do I need to add Kim Kardashian to our legal team? And honestly, maybe. Probably could use it. Because I'm worried Jen Shaw's going to be arrested again and go to Shajail. So we'll have to see. TBD, we're going to watch what happens live, but I'm so excited. It premieres in September. It looks fantastic. It looks like one of the best seasons. And by the way, you guys know how I always sort of hear stuff. You know, people... DM me stuff. You know, I hear things. And I try never to give spoilers. You know, sometimes I'll try to, like, maybe allude to spoilers or something. But I try to keep my mouth shut. I think I do a really good job of it. Um, Because I prefer, even as a viewer, I want this stuff to play out in front of our eyes. It's way more fun than reading about everything in the 
in the news, you know, sometimes I think all these storylines get spoiled for us and it makes the viewing less fun. So I really try to bite my lip and bite my tongue sometimes if I know things. But one thing I do want to say about The Real House of Salt Lake City, I have heard, again, don't know from who, sometimes I think some of this stuff just comes into my head during a dream, but I have heard that this season of Real Houses of Salt Lake City is like top tier. So obviously it looks top tier and obviously they have a lot going on. But I've been hearing for a while now, like, this is going to be a good one. So I really feel good about going into it. You know, sometimes a trailer will make it look like the season's really good, and then we get a flop season, you know? Remember that one, that Lucy Lucy Apple Juicy, uh, or Apple Juice season of The Real House of Beverly Hills? It looks so good in the trailer. And then we all remember what happened. So we're going we're gonna to hop on board, you guys. And let's take a quick break here, and we're going to come back and talk about The Real Houses of Potomac. We also got to talk briefly about The Real Houses of All Stars. Uh, news that leaked out. So let's uh, take a quick break. I want to thank Acast for all episodes of Everything Iconic. Go to acast.com slash everything iconic. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want Everything Iconic merch, go to everythingiconic.store. We'll be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Everything Iconic. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache. But Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. Okay, we're back. Before we get into Potomac, I have to address these rumors that appeared in Daily Mail. They appeared all over the internet. 
about Housewives All-Stars Season 2. Now, we already know that there's going to be a Housewives All-Stars coming to Peacock. They took like a tropical vacation. It was Luann and Ramona and Kyle Richards and Teresa and Melissa and Cynthia and Kenya from Atlanta. And that already happened and was filmed. But now there are these rumors that another season is in the works with ex-Housewives. So the rumored cast is being centered around Dorinda. There's Vicki Gunvalson from Orange County. Uh, we have Taylor Armstrong from Beverly Hills. We have Phaedra Parks. Eva from The Real Houses of Atlanta. Who else? I'm, I know I'm missing people. Brandy Glanville from Beverly Hills. And I think it sounds super messy, and I'm very excited about it. Now, this cast is totally unhinged, the rumored cast that was leaked. And I think it's what we need. And I believe that probably that first season they did, maybe there wasn't a whole ton of drama. You know, like, I haven't really heard things about what happened on that tropical vacation. So in my mind, they saw that footage, Bravo or Peacock, whoever's doing it, was like, we need to step this up. And then they decided to just get the messiest people available and put them in a house and they haven't allegedly filmed it. Apparently, it's going to be filmed in September. I hope it's being filmed at the Bluestone Manor, but we don't really know yet. But I think this is a great, wonderful, messy cast of people. And it might be too much of a mess. I don't know. Jill Zarin's also in it. I mean, it already seems like a crazy cast of people, but I cannot wait because I think that's sort of what we need from these offshoots. You know, we have our main Housewives franchises. And now these women who are not on their main franchises, I think it works better to have spinoffs with them because, A, we sort of miss some of them, right? Like, I'm curious to see what Phaedra Parks is up to. You know, and I don't necessarily think that Phaedra should be back in Atlanta because after everything that happened, you know, with Candy, I understand why Candy wouldn't want to film with Phaedra. I get that. But there are these people that I want to know what happened, what they're up to now, and I think this is the perfect way to check in with them. And also, I think they'll bring good TV because all of these people... I mean, Taylor Armstrong, Vicki Gumbelson, these are all people who have given us some of the most iconic moments in Housewives history. Jill Zarin, you know, I imagine in my head, all the women are together on this vacation. I would love if Jill Zarin shows up a couple days late and, hi, like she did on Scary Island. Like, I just feel like this is a good way to go. And I don't know, mark my words, it could be a big hot mess. Maybe it'll be too much messiness. Maybe we need another anchor or someone like a Cynthia Bailey, who's sort of a, a calming presence, maybe not someone who's so messy, because it seems like that entire cast, they're all pretty messy. So I don't know, but I'm excited. I, mean, I think it'll work. I, I have faith that it'll work. The only thing that worries me about these Housewives All-Stars spinoffs is that they only film for like a week or two, and I worry that's not enough time to really like get in the mix and have some stuff going on. You know, even if it's not a lot of drama, it's like, do we want to just watch a bunch of fun vacations? Maybe. Maybe we do. We'll have to see. I, I'm excited to see that first one. I was thinking, like, they probably would have debuted that first one at BravoCon, but BravoCon's now canceled. So I don't know what's going to what's gonna happen with these, when they're going to premiere, but they're going to be on Peacock, and I will be watching. Okay, shall we get into The Real Houses of Potomac? I've seen more of your body parts yes, in the past yes. month yes. than I have the entire time I've known you. Yes. The Wendy I met last year was not that loose. Okay, the Real Houses of Potomac, they're in Williamsburg on the cast trip. We ended last week with, of course, say, uh, Giselle saying, I want Ray to live. I want him to pay his bills. And that was a little shady, but I love this Giselle-Karen dynamic, which is never going to end, and they never seem to make up. Like, they were sitting around the table this week, 
everyone was saying, can you guys just make up? Like, you both said horrible things to each other. And basically, the two of them are like, nope. (laughs) And that's what I love about them. think it's great TV. However, I'm having a problem. You know, I like when Giselle mixes it up, right? Like, I don't like Giselle. I'm always Team Karen. But I do like Giselle for the show, and she always does a good job stirring the pot. And I do believe she deserves a raise for that. However, this whole thing with the Wendy situation, it feels a little gross to me. Now, it is moving storyline forward and is giving us some drama and stuff like that. But I don't love the sort of I don't know if it is it slut shaming or I don't like the they're talking about the way she's dressing, the way she looks. And I believe it's my opinion. Wendy's just feeling herself. And we've seen time and time again on every Housewives franchise, every single second season Housewife, they have a glow up, right? You learn how you look on TV. Wendy had just had a baby when she filmed season one. And so now she's feeling herself a little bit more. And she got uh, happy and Ness, her bubby's done. She got the butt done. And she looked beautiful before. She looks beautiful now. But I believe she's feeling herself. She looks good. And she wants to be able to be a sexual being as well as being the professor with all the degrees, and the commentator, and the candle maker now. And so I don't love this whole thing about like, oh, you were a different person season one. And it's like, everyone's a different person season one. And also, yes, she's feeling herself. And yes, she looks good. And Candace, I think, was the only one who was sort of sticking up and saying, you know, yeah, she got happiness. She looks good. She feels good. Let her be. She's proud of how she looks. And I just don't like, I don't like the Robin Giselle of it all. And they keep sort of trying to make it go back to, well, she's just, we're not sure that she's happy. And she's just, seems like she's unhappy underneath it all. And I don't buy that. Like, to me, I, I feel like that's their way of like, kind of getting around the slut shamey thing, if that makes sense. But we'll see how it plays out. I was a little pissed at Bravo because I felt like they bamboozled us in terms of they showed us on the coming attractions last week. They showed us that sit down between Giselle and Wendy was happening this week. And they said next week, I went back and watched the trailer for the preview of of this week's episode. I went back and watched it because I was like, wait a minute, did I remember that wrong? Because I thought that Bravo said next week on The Real House of the Potomac, and then they showed finally that sit-down between Wendy, where Wendy says, get the fucking cameras or whatever. She says about the cameras. They break the fourth wall. And then last, they also showed in the preview, like, Robin yelling at Wendy. And so I was watching this week, and I was like, did I remember that wrong? Or was that a mid-season trailer? No, I went back and watched it and said next week on The Real House of the Potomac. So they lied. They lied. Bravo, you hear me? I caught you up on that lie. I'm calling you out. You know I love you, but you lied. You lied, and we need it. Somebody needs to say it. I, I'm here to say it because you lied. And you know what? If I could take you to court, I would. Because I was excited for that sit down, and then the whole episode I'm watching. I don't see that sit down. I don't see Robin raising her voice at Wendy. I don't see uh, Wendy address the camera men or women. And here, you lied. You lied. You lied. You've lied to me before and you'll lie to me again, but I just want to be heard. I want to know that I'm being heard, bravo. You lied. <laughs> I still love you, though. I still love you. Anyway, this week we open with that uh, Karen and Giselle stuff, and they do show us a montage of them hating each other, and I love that. And they, again, don't agree to anything. They don't make up. We just move on. Um, and the women are staying at this estate, and then some of them are staying at a cottage, which I found was very shitty. The cottage is five minutes away. Escala, Karen, Wendy, those are the three staying at the cottage. I believe Candace was at, was Candace at the cottage too, or is she at the estate? 
I couldn't tell. But the editors are being very shady about the cottage, because when those women arrived to the actual cottage, they made some weird sound effects. Like, it was almost like they were like, the estate was so glamorous, and they showed us all this footage of the rooms, and then we got to the cottage, and it was like... It was like, oh yeah, this cottage is shit. And they knew that. They wanted us to know that. And I sort of felt bad for the cottage. I don't know who was renting it out, whoever's Airbnb that was, or whoever designed that cottage. I don't know. I felt bad for the cottage people. I don't even know who the fuck they are. But I was like, man, they're just really uh, laying it on thick with how bad that cottage is with all this weird sound effects and stuff. But Karen does say it's cozy and she's safe from Giselle. And so she's happy to be there. Meanwhile, back in Potomac, Ashley and Demon Darby are doing some finger paint with the new baby. Now, this was really stressing me out because I don't like finger paint as it is. Add the anxiety of seeing Demon Darby with some finger paint, and it was too much for me to handle. Uh, but I do want to say that Ashley, they do a photo shoot, and I believe Ashley is earning her paycheck more than almost any house I've ever seen. She just had a baby. She already had a baby. She's got two babies. She's got the husband who cheats on her, Demon Darby. And now she's filming a show right after having a baby and right up to having the baby. She's just really working hard for that paycheck. And that's a beautiful thing. And so, you know, today I would just like us all to appreciate Ashley Darby for all that she's given us, all that she's working to give us. And it was in a pandemic. So really, Ashley, I just deserves the world. We need to give Ashley her flowers for doing all this for us. She deserves it. Now, she's exhausted, but she still decides to leave uh, the demon for the day to go visit the girls on vacation because she wants to go for at least a week. And Michael says that he can bring Dean to work. He says he has five women there to help him. And that just, I don't know, it sort of grossed me out because it was like, those women are there to work. And you're just like going to assume that they're going to babysit now because it felt like because they were women or something. That's how it felt to me. Maybe I was wrong. Um, but mostly I just hate everything that drips out of his mouth. And so, uh, you know, he's gross to me. He brings up Juan, though. And he obviously still has this thing for Juan. You know, I don't want to call it a crush. I don't want to say that Michael has a crush on Juan, but I am implying it. Because it's something that they keep showing us. The editors, every time he says Juan, I feel like they edit it to make it seem like Michael's got a big crush on Juan. You know, that's how I feel. And maybe I'm off base. Um, but I am implying that he has uh, strong, loving, and sexual feelings for Robin's soon-to-be maybe husband. I love Juan, too. I need more of him. And the only bit we got of Juan this season, who's being such an asshole to Robin, and so he's got a bad. I got a bad taste in my mouth about Juan. So I need to see more of him to know, because I, I haven't quite decided how I feel about Juan now that we saw that asshole version of well, I might hate him. I don't know. TBD. Um, okay, so then all the women are getting ready at uh, for dinner, Wendy's wearing the all Versace, and again, I thought this was flawless. And meanwhile, you guys, Giselle's wearing that flower sweatshirt, which is uh, her outfits are comical at this point. And the, again, Giselle, stunningly beautiful woman. I mean, honestly, one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen on television. But she's wearing that flower sweatshirt, and then Robin was wearing the jeans with like that orange top. And then they were talking about Wendy's outfit. I was like, Wendy looks great. Like she's. Yes, I don't always love every designer, and sometimes housewives lean too far into the designer work. But I thought the Versace looked great, and they were uh, the other two were talking about her looks, and her, they were, were being such downers. And Robin says, "I just want to know if she's okay," and I just don't believe that. 
And then Wendy walked in when they were talking about like the rumors about the cheating rumors, which Giselle keeps bringing up. But, you know, it's not even about the cheating rumors for me anymore. It's more about the style thing, because I just thought Giselle's wearing tights and a flower shirt talking about style. And it just felt like crazy to me. It felt crazy to me. Now, Candace gives all the women some outfits for swimming. She's going to be doing some water aerobics. And Karen's not interested. She says she is not getting her hair in the pool, and she doesn't want to swim with Giselle. So she's not even accepting the gift at this point. She's like, I'm not swimming with the rest of you. Then they all go to dinner. There's lots of espresso martinis happening. We've getting that across. We're getting it across all of the Housewives franchises right now this season. That's what's in those martinis. Everybody wants them. Uh, Candace talks about Chris managing her, and she's not paying him. And Dorothy doesn't like it either. Dorothy doesn't want the husbander situation going on, which I hate that word, husbander. I just hate it. You know, I just really hate that word. I hate momager. I hate husbander. I just hate it all. We learn that Chris is managing. And it's funny because in the clip that they want to show us that he's like managing her whole life, it's just a, a flashback of him asking Candace if she has clothes. And I don't know why that made me laugh. It was like, here's Chris, the manager. And then it was just like, do you have clothes for today? <laughs> Which is something like any husband would. Like if I was going on a trip or going to work or something, I'm sure Matt would be like, do you have your outfit picked out? Like that. I don't think that's like managerial work, but that's what they showed us. And that made me laugh. Robin then talks about her depression. And this is when Giselle throws Robin under the bus. And I was so happy that Wendy and Karen pointed it up because Giselle says no man wants to marry unattractive. And Karen pointed out in her confessional that Giselle kicks people when they're down. And look, Wendy thinks she, or I'm sorry, Robin thinks she's seasonally depressed. But I have to believe it's a mix of seasonal depression, pandemic uh, depression. I mean, it's a lot. And Robin said, I need to see not a therapist, but a life coach. And I was like screaming at the TV. Like a life coach is great. No shade. But maybe when you're feeling that way, it's good to see a professional. Anyone out there, if you could see a professional, if you have access, I know it's hard, not everyone has access. But if you're feeling like you don't want to get out of bed till 2 p.m., then maybe it's time to call up a professional. You know, you can find, uh, there's ways you could find uh, free help and look online. Look online if you can, because, you know, life coach is great, but I just was shouting through the screen like, Robin, it would be great if you could see a professional. I love Robin's yellow confessional look. Do you guys know that one dress? I think I had read online that she apparently got that for the reunion last season she was going to wear, and then she decided uh, it wasn't right for the reunion or it came late or something. And so Robin decided to wear it in the confessional. I think it looks so beautiful. I love it. Um, so then that's when, after Giselle throws her friend Robin under the bus, that's when she confronts Wendy. And she says, I can't f- put my finger on it, but there's a difference. And they called her loose, which made me uncomfortable. Candace said to mind your own business, which I agreed with. And Wendy says, look, you can be sexy and intelligent. And then Mia chimed in, and I didn't really love it. You know, I love Mia so far, but I didn't love this. She said, you can't. She says, Michelle Obama and Oprah don't have their bubbies out. And that was just upsetting to me. Because I think Wendy's point was that, yes, you could be sexy and intelligent, but it's up to you, whatever you want to be. So if Oprah did want to have her bubbies out, I think it'd be fine. You know, whatever she's feeling like that day. And I think Oprah, there's been times at award shows, you see Oprah dressed sexy and she looks great. Or Michelle Obama, whoever. I think the point is that you should be able to dress however you want and look however you want. It's up to you to decide. And Wendy said something that was very suit. She said, 
I define my sexiness, not you, she said to Giselle. And I thought, that's it. That's the, that's the thing we all need to remember. It's up to you to define it. Now, of course, we judge a lot of these people's fashions on this show. I just judged uh, Giselle's oversized sweatshirt with the flowers on it. Um, but it's up to Giselle. If she wants to feel sexy in that flower sweatshirt, it's up to her. So if she does, God bless. She defines it. And I'm sorry for any shade that I throw to people's outfits. What do I know? What the fuck do I know? So Wendy also said she was two months postpartum last season. Karen stuck up for her. Uh, Karen said, I should be able to show my pubic hair around this group if I want it. And you should all say yes, Karen. And that was so strange. <laughs> that was so stupid. I loved it. Karen Huger is just the gift that keeps on giving. Do you hear when all the women were sitting around the table, they heard Karen wants to show the pubic hair. All the women were like, what? They didn't even know how to respond. It was beautiful. I loved it. Uh, then they bring up about how Zen Wen came too hard at Mia. And I agree. She did come too hard at Mia. But I do believe that we saw a lot of that last season. Remember in that cast trip early on, like Wendy came at, I forget if it was Ashley or Candace at the one cast trip really hard. That Remember that was, she's like, address me correctly, sweetie. You know, that's when that moment came in. And so I don't think this is really a different Wendy. I think she's just feeling herself. That's my opinion. Well, I could be wrong. Who knows? Escala, though, Escala's doing great work. Okay, she's just a friend of, but she brought up Jamal. She said, since you've been asking everyone questions, Giselle, uh, what's going on with Jamal? And then Giselle says, I'm not going to discuss that in front of trolls, meaning Karen. And that's not fair to me, because, look, Giselle's asking everyone, she's talking to Wendy about her body, she's even throwing Robin under the bus, and now somebody's asking about Jamal, Giselle don't want to do it. And I think Karen's right, like, Giselle wants the attention off of her, so she puts it on other people. And that's frustrating, because Giselle just does such beautiful housewife work, stunningly beautiful housewife work, and yet... The one thing that's holding her back from, I believe, being a fully perfect, rounded housewife is that she doesn't want to talk about herself. And so if she would, if she would address the Jamal situation, tell us what's going on, I think she would be 100% perfect. Uh, but Karen says, your life is a lie. <laughs> she says, your life is a lie. That's when Wendy laughs. And obviously, this is when Wendy turns on Giselle. Now she hates her, and I get it. Uh, Karen says, you're a liar, you're a stalker, and you live rent-free. I live rent-free in your brain, she says. God, these two are good. God, these two are good. Robin says, uh, in regards to Wendy, she says, I, I want to just point this out because I wrote it down. She said, you were drop-dead gorgeous before, and I don't want the changes in your body to define you. And I don't find this to be a very positive way to go about this conversation. And again, maybe I'm wrong. It just feels, it feels gross to me. Wendy does say that my left implant has more substance than you in regards to Giselle <laughs> and also in regards to Ness, her right breast. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. 
Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Then we cut to the next day. All the women go back to their um, estate or their cottage. And Candace, the next morning, is learning her choreo outside. She's got to learn the dance for drive back. Drive back. Drive back. That song is good. Go look it up. Now, Robin is sleeping still while Candace is up working. And Candace uh, says she's got a lot to prove to the music industry, to everyone, that she's a proven talent. She needs them to know. Uh, let's see. Karen, meanwhile, she sits down with Wendy. And Karen's in the knee highs. And Wendy's like, oh, that looks great. And Karen says, I thought I'd celebrate Giselle's failed coup attempt. <laughs> Karen and Giselle, you guys, it's the best. I don't know what else to say. I know I keep saying that on the show, but it's just the best. She said, Giselle's failed coup attempt. And Karen thinks it was an attack. And I actually agree. Uh, but Karen loses me a little bit when she says, um, and I quote, a direct quote, Giselle has been wiggling her fat vagina at us for five years. So don't dim your light for her. And I both find that offensive and I would like it knitted on a pillow. Because it's sort of inspiring. Like the, the front half of that sentence is very offensive to humans, really, and to Giselle specifically. Uh, but the back half of that sentence, I do believe is inspirational, which I believe, uh, as we're watching the real houses, I think that's what you want. You want something that's offensive and inspirational. And so just that one sentence, I felt like give it, gave it all to us. Again, let me repeat it. Giselle has been wiggling her fat vagina at us for five years. Don't dim your light for her. So I think that really encapsulates the housewives, and I would like it on some sort of pillow. Um, wiggling her fat vagina. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to laugh, but come on. I mean, that's a good one. It's not even a joke. Again, it's offensive, and it's not something we should all be laughing at. Karen talking about Giselle's fat vagina. That's not something we should laugh at, and I'm sorry. Uh, but the delivery of it in that second half about it being an inspirational quote, don't dim your light. I mean, that's that's what I'm laughing at. So uh, Karen says Giselle tears on another sister, and that's not okay. Next week, Ashley arrives. Uh, Wendy says, if my breasts bother you so much, you're going to see them more. And it seems like next week is when we finally get that sit down of Wendy versus Giselle. We also get a little Ashley versus Candace because, you know, those two hate each other. And then Robin gets drunk on whiskey. Very excited. So that's this week's Real House of Potomac. You guys still delivering, as always, although I am upset that they showed us something in the preview that's not there. 
Uh, it's a, it's an exciting season so far. You guys were getting lots of good stuff. So I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, let's see, go to the Patreon page if you want to support this podcast and get the bonus episodes of Everything Iconic. I do one a month and I'm recapping Sex in the City over there. And with that said, we always do our cheesy little cool down. We're going to take some deep breaths in. So take a deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Now, oftentimes at the end of the show, I do a little meditation card, something to remind yourself as you go about your week. And today I just want to uh, remind you of what our Karen Huger, the Grand Dame of Potomac said. Don't dim your light. Even if somebody has been wiggling their fat vagina at you for five years, it's important to remember, don't dim your light. Never dim your light. And also... Don't be mean and say somebody's been wiggling their fat vagina at you for five years. (laughs) But more importantly than that, don't dim your light. I love you all. Thanks so much for listening. It's all-